You can't be a lazy, lethargic, passive leader and then blame the fact that your church is not growing on the devil. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we have our first sponsor. Who's actually, that? Actually, we don't. I just wanted to say that because I got tired of saying we have no sponsors. You kind of surprised me for a second. I, I was did. excited. I, I, the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast is sponsored by me. I'm paying for everything right now, so <laughs> I, I guess it's sponsored by me. I'll throw in 20 bucks. Thanks, man. Yeah. This, this podcast is sponsored by Cole. Yeah. Um, hey, I'm, I'm super excited about this podcast because coming up on a new year, and it's four reasons I see incredible potential for the church in 2023. Like I'm excited about this one. Why does that have you excited? You you told me right before we started this has you excited. Why what about that excites you? I just think that I'm all about the church, man. I love I love the church. I believe in Jesus and his power to do things in this world and I think if the church grows that does nothing but do better for us in our country and the world, whatever, all of it. I think it makes our nation better, no matter who's in the White House. Hello. Hello. Oh, my gosh, they're about to get political. Let me just do a side note. We did a whole podcast on that. (laughs) I'm so glad that William Wilberforce did not separate church and politics, because if he would have, then we wouldn't have had ended the slave trade when we did. But because of his love for Jesus and his love for people created in the image of God, that dude got political. Even like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, man. Like dude, some that of these guy people was that straight BA. Man. I mean, that dude, he didn't play, man. Anyway, no. sorry, back to the um so in college, Cole, I took a journalism class taught by a guy that couldn't write his way out of a paper bag, <laughs> which is why he was teaching journalism. But I do remember one thing he said, and uh, I thought it was his quote, but I'll Later on, learned it was somebody else's quote. If it bleeds, it leads. And how people are just attracted to the negative more than the positive. Um, like positive. Think about this. You can watch a 30-minute news segment. They, they will have you on the verge of diving off of cliff. And then the last two minutes, they'll tell a story about how, to, how a puppy got rescued. And it's But if they led with that story, everybody, we want, like, we're just drawn to the negative. If it bleeds... It leads, and I am, listen, I've been in church work since 1990. I've seen this every year. More people are leaving the church than ever before. More people are not believing in God than ever. More people don't read their Bibles than ever before. More people don't do this. More people, the church is going to, I've seen, and I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying after, after like 25, 30 years of seeing this, I think it's time for us to change our mindset because some yeah. people are worried, honestly, these things, when I see them now, they get me excited. I, something that interests me so much is I, it's, it's almost like people in the church are obsessed with th- this statement. Like the world is, is worse than it's ever been, or the church has never been this bad or, and it's fascinating to me because I, I always think like, man, I, does Jesus really lose? <laughs> 
Like, is he losing? Are we okay with saying that? And I would, I would argue, no, he's not losing. Well, and to say the church has never been this bad, I mean, you know, about four or five hundred years ago, they were burning people at the stake. I don't. I mean, I think we've, I think we've made some progress. I think we've came a long way. I mean, the world, the world's always had a sin problem. It's, it's manifested its, itself in different ways throughout mm-hmm. the years. But I think at the end of the day, I'm with you. I think we should focus on the positive. Absolutely. So let's talk about these positives, these four reasons. Four reasons. Number one, the more people that are out of church means there's more potential to grow. I, when I hear this, there's more people out of church than ever before. There's a record number of people not attending church. For me, I get excited because I'm like, if there's a record number of people out of church that means there's a record number of potential people that we can reach with our church. Jesus yep. said the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, and that's so true. It, it, the, the workers, let me back up, the harvest is plentiful. There's mm-hmm. a lot of fruit out there. It's sometimes we just don't, as the church, we don't want to do the work to go get them. And, and people aren't leaving the church because they can't find one, especially here in the South. There's a church on every corner. They're leaving the church because they're not connecting to Jesus and they're not connecting to other people in that in that worship service. Yeah, I I hear this all the time. If a church is growing, this is what I hear: it's all God. You, it's all God, and it always bothers me. And I've actually started correcting people because I'm like, it's actually not all God. It's all God working through people who work. Mm-hmm. Because if it was just all God, then every church in America would, or the world would be growing because wouldn't want God want his church to grow? Yeah. But you can't be a lazy, lethargic, passive leader and then blame the fact that your church is not growing on the devil. Mm-hmm. He probably don't even know where your church is. So I, I'm just saying— I mean, if it, it's not on us, like, there's no point in Jesus even giving the Great Commission at all. Like— Hundred percent. We we are his plan. I do believe it's all God. I believe it's all God working through people who work. So there's two questions when it comes to this. Under the more people out there means the more potential for our church to grow. Two questions I'm always asking is what do we need to start doing and what do we need to stop doing? Like for example, for us, what do we need to start doing? We had to start a five PM service on Sunday nights. The reason we had to start doing that was because we're out of room on Sunday morning. At 9.15 and 11 o'clock, we are out of room, and so we had to start that third service because we, we didn't say, you know what, screw it. If you get a place, you get a place. If you don't get a place, you don't get a place. It, that would have been nice, but we had to start that 5 p.m. service. And then what do we need to stop doing? I would tell churches, anything that you have to manufacture energy for, you need to stop it. Like if you're getting on stage and going, we're so excited about this, and in your mind you're thinking, dear God, I wouldn't come if they didn't pay me. Yeah. You need to quit it. Yeah, I've I've been a part of some churches in the past where, you know, coming on staff, you see things like that, mm-hmm. and it's so difficult because the answer is like, this is how we've always, this is how it's we've always done it, we've always done it this way, or, and you, you're like, hey, this is dying, we need to let this die, and I think one of the hardest things for leaders is to recognize, hey, this is dead, let's let it go. It well, served its purpose, let's let it go. When when the horse dies, take the saddle off a horse. And go don't don't rename the horse. Don't try to ride it. Don't don't rename the horse. Don't rebrand the horse. The yeah. horse is dead. Thank God for the time that the horse was here. 
go find another horse. Yeah. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. That was probably completely inappropriate, but I do like that song. It's fine. It is. Yeah. It's good. Number two, more people are asking questions that the church actually has answers to. Now, this is hilarious because, so I'm driving down the road the other day, and I'm I'm looking at church billboards and church oh, signs no. all the time. I think more people <laughs> are going to hell because of church signs, I said hell, than anywhere in the world. <laughs> Our Sundays are better than Baskin-Robbins. Well, Baskin-Robbins <laughs> Sundays suck if you've ever eaten one, so that's why I'm not coming to your church. Anyway, um... So I rode down the road the other day, and there's this this church. I won't call the name of it, but they always put their sermon title up for the next week. And and the sermon title that I saw was, Lift Up Your Eyes, For Your Redemption Draweth Nigh. Now, personally, I know what that means. I'm, I'm, I got a little King James in me, and I kind of get it. I'm like, man, that's kind of awesome. But I started thinking, if I don't go to church, if I don't go to church, and I look at that church marquee, there's nothing about lift up your eyes, your redemption draweth nigh. Like, who's, who says that? That is, so I'm saying all that to say, we want to talk about theological issues. And listen, I'm all about having great theology. But at the end of the day, nobody is sitting in their house this week trying to figure out the impeccability, peccability of Christ issue. They're not trying to figure out the tulip. They're not trying to figure out limited, unlimited atonement. They're not thinking, and if they are, they have no friends. The, they're, they're thinking about things like gender confusion, sexuality, abortion, uh, politics and, and COVID and what the church should and should. Those are the things they're thinking about but the church is scared to talk. We scared to talk about. We actually have the answers to those questions. But I think for the most part, churches are scared about getting canceled. And let me just pause real quick. The church ain't getting canceled. <laughs> Jesus said he would build his church, and it's not even the. Gates I mean, there, of hell. there was an empire that tried to cancel the uh, church one time, the Roman Empire, and it didn't go well for them. Didn't go well for them. Did not go well for them. I mean, their emperors were named Caesar and Nero, and today that's what we name our dogs. Yep. So there you go. Yeah, man. I I had so I had a lady last night. We had church last night, and students, uh, yeah, students. And uh, she was she was asked. She found me after the service and was asking me basically like, you know, my dad just died unexpectedly. It like how can God be good? Like, and I'm always just reminded those are the things that people want to hear as well like people are looking for the answers to like personal it like how do i go one more day without looking at porn and how do i you know like very personal issues and i think we do get tripped up by all this theological stuff sometimes in the church like people are just trying to live life <laughs> you know you're teaching theology well when you're jesus met people where they are and he brought them where they needed to be mm -hmm. so peter matthew James, John, those guys, brilliant theology, right? Mm -hmm. But they didn't have that brilliant theology when they met Jesus. Mm -mm. They were fishing. They were collecting taxes. And Jesus met them where they were. And over time, he brought them to where they needed to be. Mm -hmm. And that's where we got to get comfortable as a church. I kind of want to flip this, 
flip this over for a second too. Like I think one of the problems some leaders have is I th- I don't think we do a great job of also saying I don't know. Hundred percent. Like some again back to this late. Like I don't know why my dad. I I'm sorry. I I don't know. And I think that takes a lot of humility. But I think in that you find that people actually respect that and and want to follow you more just to simply admit like you know i don't have all the answers i'm i'm as confused as you are and and all i can do is be here before be be your friend and pray with you through it and hopefully god will give us an answer in his time and yeah. if he doesn't that's where faith comes in you know yeah sorry not to flip your point no you're on good man that's good <laughs> um you good there i'm i'm great okay you ready to move on to number four? No, no, number three. We number, three? number three, yeah. Sorry, I'm getting excited. I know. Number three, people are craving the supernatural more than ever before. The, I'm going to amen this before you even talk about it. It's insane. The church should own the market on the supernatural. Just read the book of Acts. Mm. I mean, when you get... So Acts chapter 2... Wind and fire fall from heaven. Now, here's, I would like to see that. Here's something. Here, when you get wind and fire together, there's one thing I can promise you: you can't control it. Mm. You can't control wind and fire. Wind and fire are going to do what wind and fire want to do, right? Mm, yeah. And so that's how the church started. And in two thousand years. We've taken the supernatural and make it, made it boring and predictable. Hmm. We, there's there's no there's no room for God to to work anymore. Sometimes I mean, think about I, I've heard that people just aren't interested in supernatural. It's not true. Like like several years ago when when Harry Potter hit the 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 you know the books and eventually the movies. Those like I'd. What's the lady's name that wrote those? What's her name? I can't. J.K. Yeah, J.K. Rowling. Okay, that woman swims in money. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? You know what? I I watched all the movies. It's basically good versus evil in a supernatural form. And at the end of the story, the like Harry Potter gives his life for his friends. I'm and I'm sitting there watching it, going, "Hey, I've seen this somewhere else." Jesus gave his life. <laughs> Jesus is greater than Harry Potter. But but we made the story so boring. We gave Jesus feathered hair and he's always trying to hug and he's crying all over people. Yeah. And I I just think people flock to the supernatural, but we won't flock the church won't address the supernatural because at the end of the day, it's it's it gets weird at times. Um and I would always say to that, there are God's not weird. People are weird. Mm-hmm. So if you ever had a weird supernatural experience at church, don't blame God. Blame blame Miss Miss Johnson because she's weird. Yeah. How do you so? And just for some context, you know we're not we're not ultra charismatic. You mm-hmm. know we we don't we don't pass out tambourines. Yeah, we yeah. don't sing fifteen minute songs. Which mm-hmm. no offense if you do. I, no. It, you do We're, you boo. We are a little bit more structured in our services. Mm-hmm. How do you as a leader leave room for moments like that where God wants to do something different or you know what I mean? For me, I work and prepare the message all week long. I probably put in 15 to 20 hours of work on every message that I preach. But 
I'm 100% comfortable knowing that when I step up on the stage to preach, I've only got about 80% of the content Mm. that I'm going to preach because most of the time the Lord will give me a like revelation and you've seen it. I'm like, Oh my God, I just saw this. Do y'all see this? This is amazing. Look at this. And then at the end of the service, there's been, there are times where I've, I've been like, listen, I really feel like the Holy spirit is telling me. And, and that's been, I don't do that every week. I don't, I don't make an appeal of, you know, there's, there's a 30 year old in here with back problems. Well, I just hit every 30 year old because we've all got back, you know, we all got back problems, but I think, so it's a heart posture. It is. I think you got to create an environment where people can experience the presence of Jesus, because when you do that, they'll have their own supernatural moment. We don't have to create that moment. Oh, wow. And then when we create that environment, the potential for the supernatural to happen is absolutely unlimited. Mm. We create the environment, and we let God do the rest. Amen, man. Thanks, dude. You should write a book about that or something. I I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) need to write a book. Number four, more people crave to be a part of something that is bigger than them and something that makes a difference. So I saw this, man. Um, So here's a confession. I watch TikTok just about every night. <laughs> it's and, dangerous, well, man. Well, Shannon, my wife, hates my TikTok because it's all either sports-related or political-related. Yeah. Um, and she likes the ones of the dogs that, like, fall down the steps and yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, so, I, so she thinks my TikTok's boring, but so... I'm not sure when this podcast is coming out. I think we discussed it earlier, but I've already forgotten. November it. sometime. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but this past Saturday, I just watched on television the last ten minutes of the Alabama Tennessee football game. Crazy, and it was absolutely bonkers. Okay, <laughs> how crazy did Tennessee fans go after that game? Absolutely wild. They tore the, and I loved it. They tore the goalpost down. They, it's crazy, man. But I saw more Tennessee TikToks um, in the past 72 hours than I've seen in the past 72 days. Yeah. Like, but Tennessee fans are like, you know what? We had a common experience. Mm -hmm. We were a part of something big, we were part of that moment. Now, what's cool about that is if you're a Tennessee fan, you beat Alabama. The The thing that's not cool about that is in 100 years, that won't matter. But what the church does will matter. That's why I think we should be more passionate, more excited, and more intentional than college football or pro football or anything about reaching people, um, reaching people far from God. Yeah. So, and then take, for example, the, the hurricane that just went through Florida, hurricane relief, um, People will absolutely donate to that um, just about overnight because they want to be a part of something that's making a difference. So when we can have a common experience that's making a difference on a consistent basis, people will give their lives to it. And that's what, as the church, we're called to do. Mm-hmm. Create a common experience that makes a difference on a consistent basis. And when that happens, you won't have enough room for the people that are going to show up. Because at the end yeah. of the day, you take all that that's happening in the church, and then you make it personal to everyone. I don't. I've, how many times have you heard me say this, Cole? I don't want to build a big church. I want to build great people 
great people will cause us to become a big church. Yeah, and in fact, just I, I know you get accused of this a lot. Like all you care about is growing, like growing numbers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's, I you know, I kind of laugh when I see people say stuff like that about you because you've actually pushed back. You've done the opposite and pushed back and you haven't rushed into like, let's just go build another big building. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, and at the end of the day, yes, I'm, I'm obsessed with people giving their lives to Christ, busted, guilty, that whole great commission Shame thing on you. Yeah. That whole great commission. See, you think it's the great suggestion. I think it's the great commission. I took it seriously. And I think the church needs to do everything we can mm-hmm. to make that, make that a reality. So I, I honestly think for the church, our best days are ahead of us. They're not behind us. And oh my gosh, COVID says, yes, COVID did set us back. COVID sucked. I hated every minute of it. But at the end of the day, we can't blame it anymore. It's time to move on because the the potential has never been greater to reach people far from God. So long story short, get after it in 2023. Let's do it. I love it. Any any final thoughts? That's it. That's it. Thank you for listening. And Cole, thank you for sponsoring this episode. I owe you 20 bucks. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com. Whoa, 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 whoa.